David Essel, helping you to feel more alive in every area of uh, your life. That's what we do. That's what we have been doing for the past 22 years. Welcome aboard, gang. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. The most positive radio talk show in the world. Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Our toll-free number, one 800 Hey, listen, you know what? If you want to give us a call, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to go in and tell you about the guests. Uh, I've got a ton of emails, a ton of emails, relationship questions this week. We're off the charts. But if you want to talk to me one-on-one, absolutely free, get a life coaching session on the air, write this number down. Call me right now. This show today is so packed, this might be your only chance. one 800 548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. 548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. I would love to talk to you. If you're on the fence, if you're stuck, if you're in a relationship that isn't working, if you're out of a relationship and you're wondering what the heck you did wrong and what can I do differently next time, if you're procrastinating in life and you really know you should be quitting smoking or drinking or losing weight or saving more money, there's some block. Call us, one 800 548-8255. For the past 25 years, we have helped millions of people from around the world solve their most challenging issues, quandaries, problems, and we'd love to do it the same for you as we have done for 22 years. So call me. Don't worry. Don't think, oh my gosh, I don't want to. You, you can even, you can be anonymous. How's that? You could use a fake name, a fake city, whatever you need to do. But the most important thing in the world is to become more alive in life and gang We'll never do it on our own. 1-800-548-8255. Whenever you want to get to the next level in life, with your spiritual path, relationships, your physical health, money, career, etc., whenever you want to get to a place different than where you are right now, there's a 99% chance it's going to come from asking someone else outside of yourself to help you. Call me. one 800 548 8255. Our guest today. Oh, and after we, we, we talk about the guests, I'm going to share with you. I did the uh, keynote graduation ceremony speech yesterday at Canterbury High School. What an amazing group of graduates. And I'm going to share some of that keynote that I gave because it's so relevant. And the whole concept was that life owes us nothing. And it doesn't. It owes us not one darn thing. But If you're willing to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes, life will offer you more than you could have ever imagined possible. And I swear to God, that's true. Just think about what Nelson Mandela has done. Susie Orman, the great radio host, television host, author. Dave Pelzer, uh, the the guy that at one time had the the, um, worst case of child abuse in the state of California was Dave Pelzer. We've had him on the show multiple times. But anyway, these people did whatever it took for as long as it took to create greatness. And that's what I'm going to help you do as well. Um, on the show today, Lori Petro, the founder of Teach Through Love, conflict resolution with children via compassionate communication and non-punitive discipline. I'm looking forward to having Lori back on the show. Uh, Daniel Gutierrez. Oh, my gosh. Daniel's coming back, author of Stepping into Greatness. How do we expect the greatness that we are right now? Daniel's going to help us with that. No, this next one is going to be a mind blower. Lisa Doyle Mitchell. In 2005, Lisa was uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And from 2008 to today, she has been absolutely 100% symptom-free, and she healed herself through natural 
programs, and we'll get a chance to find out what those programs are. Exciting stuff. Steve Ulsher. Steve is phenomenal. Uh, he's the author of the best-selling book, Internet Profits, How to Profit Online. From websites to social media, if you have a business of any type whatsoever, he's going to be able to help you out with that. So 1-800-548-8255. Call me. Let's wrap. Let's talk. Let's get you on the lineup to um, a better life, a, a bigger life, a more exciting life. What you want, I want from you. But I can't help you if you don't get in touch. 1-800-548-8255. So yesterday, I was so honored. Uh, Christine Orlando. I, I know Christine's mom and dad. I've worked with them for um, a couple years now. And their daughter, Christine, is a senior in high school. She nominated me to speak at her graduation ceremony, brought me to the committee, and the committee obviously said yes. And so I went and spoke. And one of the major topics I was talking about was this very thing. That life owes us nothing. It doesn't. You know, so many times we think it does. Like we go, I shouldn't have got screwed with that job promotion. I'm better than him or her. And we think that life owes us something. You know, hey, wait a minute. I got a Ph.D. How come I'm struggling? Or I got the worst lottery pick in the world. My genetics to being overweight. We have all kinds of nonsense excuses. Thinking that life owes us something and we got the raw deal. But it's not true. Life owes us nothing. But here's the good news. If you and I are willing to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes in the pursuit of our biggest goals, life will pay us back in ways we never imagined possible. Let me talk about Nelson Mandela. Absolutely. You know, when he was first uh, put in prison and he knew his, his prison term was 27 years, within the first 12 months of prison... Nelson was making friends with the white prison guards and learning the language of white South Africans called Afrikaans. And when he would do that, his political party mates who were in prison with him, all black, would chastise him and say, what the hell are you doing? These are the idiot white men that put us in jail in the first place. Why are you befriending them? Why are you learning their language? And Mandela replied, I must know both sides of this divisionary line in our country in order to lead equally. And he made that a mission of himself to do whatever it took for as long as it took, in this case, 27 years, so that when he came out of prison, he would be ready to rule South Africa, which he did. He became the president of South Africa. That's just one of so many cool stories out there. Susie Orman. Sue, oh, my gosh. You know, the first time I ever interviewed Susie, I said to her, what was the turning point? What was the point that you really had to put the pedal to the metal and do maybe something you didn't want to do? Like Nelson, I'm sure, at one level, did not want to become friends with these guys that had imprisoned him, right? Susie Orman said, when I first started out in financial planning, it was a rough road. And it took 10 years to make the kind of money that I really imagined that I'd be making after year one. And I never took a vacation. At the end of 10 years, I took a vacation. I came back. Gorgeous, tan, and ready to rock. <laughs> Only to find out, she said, that her office manager had embezzled every penny to her name. Every cent that she it had taken her 10 years to earn was gone. And she said, but David, that wasn't the breaking point. The big breaking through point, or I should say the big breakthrough point for her, was when she decided to 100% forgive the office manager for stealing all of her money. She didn't get it back. And she said, up until the point I forgave her, 
it was like having this huge anchor around my neck. My business was slow to grow. I wasn't. I obviously didn't have any joy in life. Things were really hard. But the day I forgave her, things started to radically change. And then book contracts came in, then radio, then television. But she said nothing started until I was willing to do, in my words, whatever it took for as long as it took. And in her case, it was forgiving someone that had stolen every penny from her. Isn't that amazing? So think about yourself. What's your big goal? What is it? Is it weight? Is it money? Is it love? Is Do you have like resentments against a former partner, a parent, a child, a neighbor, a former best friend that you have to forgive? Is it God? Do you have to forgive God for being so angry at him over these years for life coming out in such a crappy way for you? What is it? Because in both these cases, you know, Nelson Mandela, I'm sure when he was doing it, he was hoping it would work, but didn't know. Susie Orman, when she was forgiving this office manager, she was hoping it would work, but didn't know. So let's do it. Let's do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to accomplish our biggest goals and let life surprise us with something even more glorious than we could imagine. And I'm in your boat. I'm in your corner. I'm with you right here, right now. Anytime you want to share, 800-548-8255. Email us, text us, whatever works for you. Saturday, you're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel Alive. For more on our show, more on our guest, go to talkdavid.com. Right now, talkdavid.com. Back in a moment. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk to God, go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. You can move a mountain. You can break rocks. You can be a master. Don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you can find yourself. I love that line. You could be the greatest, you could be the best, you could be King Kong banging on his chest. That's what we want for you. Oh my God, that's what we want. I am not kidding you. I want you to feel and do those things that create the feelings that you are the absolute best you could ever have been. But you know what? Those feelings are short-lived unless we're taking the action steps on a daily basis to prove that we are serious. 1-800-548-8255. Your emails... Continue to send them in. I'm going to try to hit some of the most recent ones. Uh, Your frank, open relationship advice sounds like the old Dr. Ruth. Thank you. That's a compliment. Uh, I appreciate both of you. I've been out of a relationship for four years and often feel the need to take care of my own desires, if you know what I mean. That's great. This is good. Good for you. Take care of your own desires. I'm a 40-year-old woman. A girlfriend of mine says that is not natural to do it by myself. And I should wait until I have a new boyfriend. Am I abnormal in this area? I'm confused. Hell no, you're not abnormal. Oh, my Lord. It is so natural to take care of your own needs. Self-pleasure, masturbation, whatever the word is that you want to use. It is natural to take care of your... I, I I think it's unnatural to force yourself to wait unless you so desire. Now, if your friend who says wait until your relationship, if that's what works for her, then that's great. But if you're writing to me with this question, that's obviously not working for you. And being four years out of a relationship, yeah, I think it's time for you to take care of yourself. It is totally natural. Take care of your own needs. Self-pleasuring is normal. Now, there is a question of, okay, when does it become abnormal? And I will share this with you. 
about six years ago, a woman called me up and said, um, I want to work with you and I live out of town. Can I do work over the phone? I said, absolutely. Do you want to share what it's about? She said, no, I'll just tell you on the first day. I said, okay, that's fine. First day she calls, we're doing a session. Also, she said within about, I don't know, two minutes, she goes, okay, I'm going to tell you what it is. Um, I must orgasm 30 times a day. Now that had become an addiction to her. In other words, she would be late for work. She would uh, be late meeting people out. She would, oh my, and then the guilt that it created, she was filled with shame and with guilt. Within eight weeks, we had her totally understanding the why she was doing it and onto this incredibly stress-free, guilt-free life. But that ain't you, honey. That is not you. So just go for it. Amen. 1-800-548-8255. Oh, this is another relationship one. Splendid. I've been married two times, just got out of my fourth relationship in four years, always end in bad ways. My best friend says, a lot of best friends giving these people advice, isn't it? Um, My best friend says, I have an issue with guys or something like that. I told her it's not me. It's I'm just choosing the wrong man. Who's right? Your friend is right. Your friend is so intelligent. She's right. It's not the guys you're choosing. You do have an issue with guys. And the only common denominator in the four relationships in four years that ended badly is you. There's probably a pattern. My guess is there's a pattern of the type of men you choose. If I was working with you, I would have you do that exercise. I'd say, let's write about all the guys. What are their similarities? What are the traits that are coming to the table? You might have um, a codependency addiction where maybe you date guys that need to be fixed. They've never been cared for. They've never been loved. They've never been blah, 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 blah. And so you think that you can take care of them. Or maybe you date men who somehow you think are going to be able to take care of you in a way that you need to be, want to be, have never been, right? So that would be codependency. Um, You might even know, since you've been dating quite a bit, you might even know in the first 30, 60 days, 90 days, it's not a good match, but you can't stay, you can't leave. Like you find yourself staying would be, and that would be a sign probably of low self-esteem. So there could be some of that going on. Um, you know, some of us, when if we were raised in, and, and we watched our parents or our cousins or next-door neighbors and there was a lot of chaos and drama in the relationship, not just screaming and yelling, but just always chaos and drama, you might view chaos and drama for a while anyway as a part of love. So I would look at all this stuff. Definitely get professional help. Oh, my Lord. Get professional help. These things, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, when we have a string of bad relationships, 99% of the time, you're not going to figure it out on your own. You're not going to like buy a book, read it, and go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to change it. That just rarely, rarely happens. one 800 548 Are you stuck in a situation with your job, your career? Do you want to talk? In, 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 in maybe a, a bad relationship with your family or a lover, or is it your weight, or is it an addiction? We can just wrap. We'll just talk. We'll give you some great ideas on how to break out of it because that's what we do professionally, on the radio, everywhere in the world. It's our whole life calling. More information on what we do. Oh, by the way, like us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, David Essel Alive, and like us. And we, we put all kinds of videos and quotes on that page, David Essel Alive on Facebook. And you can uh, benefit from what we do there seven days a week, absolutely free. Just like it, David Essel Alive. 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to the state of Washington. Marsha, you're on with David Essel. Well, hi there. Hey, Marsha, what's going on? 
with you why no they they've shared with some of their brothers older brothers my son um Mm. oh mom did this and it was like five years ago and you know she didn't take us to the movie and she drove away and you know just different things and i have apologized for whatever i know about right um and i don't know if this is common with adopted um kids that they have to find someone to be angry at well, Marsha, that's that's a commonality with a lot of children, adopted or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, is that um, they become the victims. Life isn't fair. Mom wasn't fair. Dad wasn't fair. And sometimes they're accurate, and sometimes the estra- estrangement is is necessary. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm talking about extreme abuse, emotional, psychological, physical mm-hmm. abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did they go right. back to their foreign country? Me or them? No, them. Or are they still in the United States? No, they're here. They're all here. They're stateside. They're pure Americans. You know, wouldn't even, one of them won't even admit, you know, she's anything but um, from day one, you know. Right, right. Um, And and when you talk to your son, when you talk to your son, what was your son's response? Did did your son say, you know what, Mom, they're they're correct. I really believe that you did neglect them or didn't pay attention to them or didn't do. What was your son's take? No, sir, they don't. They say, Mom, I don't get it. I mean, when they, you know, the oldest son says, Mom, sometimes I don't know who to believe, you know, that he started out yeah. that way. And then well, and said, I could see that, Marsha. You know what? Because yeah. if there's a tw- 20-year difference, he was he probably, he probably wasn't even at home when you had the girls, right? Right. He was. He knew them as little girls. I mean, he had, right. to, sign, he had to sign the okay, actually, in the country to say that it's okay to adopt, because I already had my own three children. Okay. Right, right. So, so listen. Yeah, we've got Marsha. We've got thirty seconds left. So let me just give you some thoughts, okay? Yes, sir. Number one, if you have done everything that you can in regards to f- saying that you're sorry and asking for their forgiveness, mm-hmm. then the only option left is to take a big breath and trust in the process of life. If you have a spiritual path or a religious path, I would work with someone on the path that you're on in regards Mm -hmm. to helping you trust in the process, surrender this to the world, to God, to your higher power, whatever it might be. If there's more that you could do in saying, I'm sorry and I apologize, then I would find a way to get a written letter to all of them and do just that. So those are your two best options. Marsha, I want to thank you so much for the call. Number one is really hard, isn't it? surrendering it but it could be the answer you're tuned into america's positive radio show talkdavid.com is our website stay right there don't you worry don't you worry child see heaven's got a plan for you don't you worry don't you worry 
uh, behind the scenes of this wacky, wild, weird, sometimes unknowing world and our own lives, there's a plan. There's a master plan. There's something happening, and there's a reason for it. We may not ever, ever know why. But in talking to our last caller, you know that trusting and having faith and surrendering what is out of our control is so powerful. You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel Alive, celebrating 22 years on the air. XM Radio 246, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. Love you guys. Studio E in Los Angeles, California, is where we broadcast from every Saturday. Uh, coming up in just a couple minutes, Lori Petro is my guest. She is the... She's a mom, an educator, a teacher, Teach Through Love Project, the founder of the Teach Through Love Project. We're going to be talking to her about disciplining children, but in a unique way, a different way, non-combative. Isn't that fascinating? We're going to talk to Lori about that in a minute. Um, over the years, I have had the chance to be introduced to some of the most amazing healing techniques in this world. One of which that I, I use in the studio, that I have it with me right now. I carry the stuff with me. I've encouraged people for 30 years to use it as essential oils. And coming up in, uh, oh, I don't know, three weeks or so, we have Dr. Michelle Brown, who is an expert in the use of acupuncture and essential oil therapy to help people who suffer from pain, allergies, respiratory conditions, weight problems where there's no negative side effects. Now in the and right right what I use in here is the same identical product that Dr. Brown works with. Dr. Brown's oils, they're certified pure therapeutic grade essential oils and you can use them topically on your skin internally um or just by and what I do like right now I'll tell you what I have. I have lemongrass in front of me. And I'll inhale it. No, I'm not doing a line of cocaine. I'm inhaling my essential oil. Ah, did you hear that? And, 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 and I'll tell you how I found out about lemongrass. There was a study in Japan done a number of years ago. And they used, there was factory workers, and they were trying to figure out how can we help them not make mistakes, stay focused while they were doing the work. And of all the oils they used, lemongrass was the most powerful in helping the workers to stay focused and to, to minimize mistakes. And that's what I, I said, oh, my Lord, I need that. And it works beautifully, beautifully. I would say to you, if you want to figure out more or find out more, go to drbrownsoils.com. Check it out. We're going to have her on as a guest because I believe in this stuff so much. But her website is drbrownsoils.com. So it's the D, the R, brownsoils.com. drbrownsoils.com, but we just use the D and the R. Check it out. Pure essential oils, which is the only stuff you need to be using. There's other oils that I use, frankincense. I'll tell you more about this in another minute or two. But, um, but there's so many different oils you can use. But the one I want to talk about right now is lemongrass. Focus, clarity, decrease in mistakes. It's awesome. And there's no caffeine, so you can use this stuff right before bedtime to stay focused on work or homework you're doing and fall right to sleep. And there's other oils to help you sleep. So think about that. drbrownsoils.com, drbrownsoils.com. Check it out. 1-800-548-8255. So what would it be like to have children... And some of the examples I'm going to tell you are going to blow your mind that Lori Petro had, had sent to me. Um, children where that you resolve conflict, but it's not yelling, screaming, putting them in the corner, time out with their hands bound behind their back, 
with handcuffs or something like that. You know, there's al- there's alternative ways to work with your children. Lori Petro, welcome back to the show. Thank you, David. How are you? I'm doing great. You know what? When when we were raised, Lori, now if my mom and dad are listening, I'm going to tell you to shut off the radio right now, mom and dad, and come back in a little while. Oh, by the way, my mom and dad are celebrating their 63rd wedding anniversary Monday. Wow. Wow. Congratulations, mom and dad. That's some serious Isn't that- commitment. I, it's That's amazing. And you know what? They, they, they've always said they still don't know the, how they did it with me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> and I told them that's proof that God exists. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Lori, when, when we think about disciplining children, we don't think about doing it the way that you teach. We think about doing it with, you know what, we're going to spank you. We're going to put you in the corner for an hour. We're going to do something. But you came up with this Teaching Through Love project where you say conflict resolution can be um, long-lasting, not just like in the moment, but long-lasting through compassionate communication and non-punitive discipline. What does that mean? What is compa- Let's start with compassionate communication. Define that. Sure. Well, compassionate communication is based on my understanding of uh, something called nonviolent communication. Co- compassionate communication is another word, but that's an organization that was started by Marshall Rosenberg. It's a fantastic organization that's really interested in peaceful conflict resolution, global peaceful conflict resolution, not just in our relationships with our kids like I focus on or within our families, but really um, all across the board, you know, nation to nation, person to person. And it's really about communicating in a way that helps us meet our needs, you know, without blaming, shaming, judging, or guilting people into doing right. what we want, because that's kind of what we're used to. And we do it without even noticing. We yes. judge all the time. You know, we blame all the time, because it's easy. It's a go-to. We point fingers. So this is really a way to turn that finger around Point it inside your heart, connect with yourself so that you can actually speak about what you need. And when you speak about what you need and what you would like to happen, then you don't run around pointing fingers at other people. You need to do this so I can feel better. Because I think give that's me an example. Yeah, give me an example of of two different realms. The the old way of blaming others, guilting others, shaming others, and then say the same thing with compassionate communication. And and imagine that you're talking to a child. Sure. I mean, let's just take a really simple example. I mean, when a child doesn't listen, it could be anything. They're they're not putting on their shoes. They're not getting dressed for school. It doesn't matter what it is. Usually a parent will will come in and tell the child I need you to get dressed. You need to get dressed now because we need to go to school. Or if the the parent starts to get angry, they'll say, I'm getting very angry because you're not putting your shoes on. You need to put them on before I get angry. Okay, so we're shaming them. We're guilting them right now. And we're making them responsible for our emotional state. Okay. Because we're saying, and even if we don't say it directly, it's our intention, our tone. If we start getting angry with a child, that means what that says, says to them is, I don't have the patience for you. I don't have the emotional stability to stay calm and even. And that what that says to a kid is this situation is unsafe and unpredictable. Okay. Because when our emotions are not regulated, when we go in and say, I need you to do this, that, and the other thing, we just blame. So what we want to do in passionate communication is we want to come in and say, first we want to observe. Say what we see. It looks like you still haven't put your shoes on. Right? Simple. Okay. Right, right. 
Yeah. Instead of coming in, why haven't you put your shoes on already? Yeah. Like, that would be one way we get frustrated when we come in with that. Hmm, looks like your shoes aren't put on. I have a, I have a responsibility to get us to school on time. Right? What we're doing okay. is we're sharing our need. My need is gotcha. responsible. Gotcha. Right? My need is not for you to put your shoes on. That's what I yeah. would like you to do to help right. me meet my need. But it's okay. because we really have to be responsible for our needs. We have to take control of our emotions, come in, and... Now, this doesn't mean that kids always listen, but what it makes happen is that emotional safety, that connection. They feel safe enough. Okay, Lori, let me, well, first of all, Lori, let me make a comment. This could work if it was your husband or wife who was always late. I mean, the the, the same kind of, okay, I like that. I like that. Now, here's a question for for everybody. Everyone, right. And we've got 60 seconds. We're going to go to a break and we're going to come back. So my, so answer this quickly if you could. If you start communicating differently, you start walking in and you say to your child, oh, I see you don't have your shoes on. I'm responsible for getting us to school on time. How long, on average, would it take to break the old pattern? And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask you to hold this thought until we come back because I want a really good answer. How long would it take when Lori Petro comes back? How long would it take for a parent-child relationship to change once the parent takes responsibility for the way they're talking to their child with compassionate communication? Lori Petro's website, LoriPetro.com, L-O-R-I-P-E-T-R-O.com. Check it out. But she's coming back. She ain't going anywhere, gang. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel Alive. More information on our show and our guest at TalkDavid.com. I am so glad you're with us. Stay right there. The heart is a blue. Shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel Alive, 1 800 548 very nice to have you on board. We're talking with Lori Petro, the founder of Teach Through Love Project. And, and Lori, before we went to the break, I asked you to come up with that thought process. If How long, if, if, if a parent starts to use compassionate communication and they're used to saying, oh, my Lord, I was in here 30 minutes ago. You still haven't put your shoes on. What the heck's going on? And they come in and they say, you know, I'm responsible to get to school on time and I see your shoes are not on yet. How long for that parent-child relationship, would it start to, to, take, take, to um, change it? Well, there's a couple of, of things that are going to influence that. The first thing is the age of your child. Um, younger right. children are going to respond much quicker because they don't have all those patterns, right? They're not in okay. that dynamic. So you, if you have a teenager, it might take a little bit longer because, frankly, you have to build up some trust. If you've been in this combative relationship yeah. with, you know, with an adolescent, a 12, 13, or older child, then you've got some patterns that are really ingrained that you're going to have to move around. You have to build up that trust because right now your, your child doesn't have that trust to say, okay, mom's not going to yell anymore, but why, why should I behave? Because, you know, they're, they, they don't have that relationship. So it's really about how, how fast can we build relationship? How strong can we make relationship? Hmm. How quickly can we take responsibility for our anger, for our emotions, for the way we approach things. But in general, especially with with younger kids, the turnaround can be really fast. You're going to see kids start to respond to you responding to their needs and their feelings because that's really the crux of changing behavior is getting to the root cause. And the root cause is the feelings and needs. And little kids are really inept at that. They don't have a lot of skills. 
uh, right. in terms of dealing with their feelings. And, but they also don't have the pattern, right? They don't have the patterns of yeah. shutting down, of ignoring us, of slamming doors yet necessarily. So, you know, how long does it take? There really are no simple answers, but I can tell you that it, ha- it can happen really fast when you really start to take a look at yourself and really be honest with yourself as, as not even just a parent, but as an adult, because it's really those triggers that have us interacting in these ways with everybody, not just kids. You, you, you have this awesome story of clients of yours, several of them, but one of them that I wanted to mention was Yoli and David, who you've worked with. And, and the, the end result, I'll let you fill in the blanks, but the end result is that Yoli looked at her responses to this world, to her children, and found that one of her kids, it looked like, was mirroring the anger that Yoli had. Would that be correct to assume? I was going to say, you you hit that on the head. I don't even know if I put that in the story when I described it, but that is exactly it, because they were in a situation, and a lot of people come to me when they're in that crisis position, right? We don't really seek out parenting advice very often, (laughs) unless we're, like, desperate, right? That's right. Yeah. The to- and this is where this is where she was, and she had and they they landed in counseling, and their counselor actually referred them to my website, and mm. and that was it. But what they had been operating under was this dynamic of problem child that doesn't listen, defiant, right. you know. So it was all about these this judgment placed on their daughter. Now they weren't judging her because they didn't love her, because they didn't want good things for her. But this was the lens that they were looking through, this lens of judgment. Now, when we look through that lens of judgment, we don't get anywhere. So they were at a standstill. And then as soon as Yoli got this information, as soon as she started reading, um, I think she purchased like two of my classes right off the bat, like the first one and then took the other one. And she came to this aha moment of, wow, I have to step back. They went from these daily struggles and this fighting because they were in this dynamic of stress and everybody reacting to each other, to her daughter actually modeling her mother. Her mother, Yoli, started taking control of her emotions, started really getting in touch with them. And what did her daughter do? Her daughter started modeling this right from her, which I think that was the most amazing thing. When you see your kids start to actually shift and model what you do, because when you notice they model the good stuff, it's really easy, right? Yes. to, To feel good. But when Yoli actually noticed that a lot of her daughter's temper was coming from her reactions, her stress reactions, from Yoli's anger and frustration that was normal, and she needed to acknowledge that and really be okay with that. I don't want anybody to put feelings away. I don't want us to ignore behaviors. Sure. But I want us to take this different perspective. Well, you said something really important a minute ago, and for every parent out there that has a a troubled child, (laughs) the middle child, the first child, the last child, I could care where they are in the birth order, but every parent that says, God, I don't know where that one came from, you know, then we have to do what you said a minute ago, Lori, and this is the hardest thing to do, and that's a a 100% honest self-evaluation of the parents' responses in this world. Absolutely. And, it, and it's not, and again, I don't want to judge parents. I don't want anybody to think, oh, you're just trying to blame me. It's my fault. But let's look honestly. Like, how do we respond to kids? Because when right. I have a client that comes in and says, oh, my, you know, she yells and she screams and she slams doors. And then we go a little bit deeper and we find out, you know, how does mom or dad react to stress? Not even just to their kids, but to the yes. road rage or yes. to the bill that they can't pay. 
That's what, yes. our kids are pick- that's what our kids are picking up on, how we manage everyday stress. And their systems are so immature that, you know, something like, oh, he took my toy or I don't get to go out on Friday night, that's huge for yes. a kid. You know, that's as yeah. big for them as not being able to pay a bill is for us. Lori, do you know, it's so interesting you said that road rage thing. One of my clients that I'm working with um, on a different issue came in the other day, and, and she was really stressed out. And she had had some success of what her and I were doing for like three weeks, and then she just reverted to old behavior, which is normal. We got her back on track. But as she was leaving the session, she said, you know what's amazing is that my 8-year-old, the other day we're driving down the street, and my windows are never down because it's so hot where I live. But I, it was a nice day. I rolled them down. Something happened in traffic, and the eight-year-old was screaming out the window at a car parked right next to him. And when the mom turned around and said, what are you doing? The little boy looked at her and said exactly what you always do. Love it. <laughs> Wasn't that something? Isn't that like, it's right back in our face. I have that, yes. That, yeah, I love it. And you know what, and, I, and it's not to say, oh, you shouldn't get mad or you shouldn't have feelings, but to say, is this really how I want to have relationships? Right. Is this really the kind of model that I want to give my child for having relationships, whether that relationship is with a stranger on, on the road or the cashier in the supermarket or our closest, you know, mother, sibling, family member, friend, whoever. Yeah. It's really hey, about you know, creating... We... Go ahead. Go ahead. It's creating what? It's just about, it's about creating strong relationships. My work is not yeah. about how to discipline kids. It's about how do we create strong relationships. Because when you have a strong relationship, you actually have the influence that you want to have. I think most parents uh, don't want to discipline their kids. They really just want to have influence. They want right. to make sure that, that, they, that their words and their lessons and all their good advice are taken to heart. And the biggest thing that will stop that and shut it down is our judgment of our kids and our shame and our mm. and our criticizing them and our punishing all of these things don't teach kids about how to be better people or how to be better in relationships or how to manage their stress all it does is say you're not behaving the way I want you to behave or the way you're expected to behave and right. that just creates a lot of shame for kids and and you know we just we stunt their development right there uh, for more information on how to help you grow in your ability to handle conflict, to resolve it with compassionate communication, with non-punitive discipline and more, visit Lori's website, LoriPetro.com, L-O-R-I-P-E-T-R-O.com, LoriPetro.com. Check it all out. Lori, we have 45 seconds left. Give us a, more tips, 45 seconds worth of tips to all parents out there that could help. All right. Well, the first step is really like we talked about identifying what's going on, being able to identify the emotions that are driving a situation. I think if we can understand that discipline is not, um, or excuse me, not discipline, it, that behavior, behavior is not something that we need to fix. Behavior is something we need to understand. Behavior is a communication. So if we can stop right. looking at behavior as something that we need to change and look at it as, as a code we need to decipher, I like That's that. Gonna give it, yeah, it's going to give us a whole new perspective. So instead of seeing this defiant brat in front of us who doesn't <laughs> listen, we see a kid who's really struggling with his, with his aggression. He's struggling to keep it together. Mm. It's, a completely, yeah. Yeah. it's a completely different perspective. Right, right, right. And so what you're that. doing is you're, you're looking at the outpouring of the emotion and you're going, okay, what's going on behind there? Yeah, 
what's so, driving this behavior? If you can address absolutely. what's driving it, you can change yeah. it. Yeah, I like that. Instead I like of, that. Yeah. Yeah, Lori, Lori, you rock. You rock too, David. I always enjoy talking to you. I I really enjoy it as well. We will look forward to having you back. How does that sound? That sounds great. Okay. Thank you so much for your wisdom, Lori. Thank you, David. Have a great one. Okay, you too. LoriPetro.com, LoriPetro.com, LoriPetro.com. Check it out. This woman knows what she's talking about. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Check out all the upcoming guests and more about us at TalkDavid.com. But stay there. Much more to come.